Hello, Digital Cathedral family. Brace yourselves for an awe-inspiring journey on Don Keithley's podcast. Take a seat, find your comfort, and let's plunge into the heart of the divine. It's time for the profound July 2nd message, Rest, Trust, Believe, a feast for your spirit. Good morning, everybody. Glad to have you with me this morning at the Digital Cathedral. If this is your first time with us, we're especially glad to have you, and we welcome you to this community. We hope you find it advantageous, uh, refreshing, and full of revelation. Several years ago, the Lord dropped three words into my spirit. I felt like it was the Lord dropped three words into my spirit, and uh, the three words were simply this. He wanted me to learn. At that time, I was going through a lot of things. He wanted me to learn how to rest, to trust, and to believe. Rest, trust, and believe. I'm going to talk about that today because I know that all of us have the opportunity at some point in, in life, probably more than one time, to come out of that position of resting, trusting, and believing. Now, I'm going to tell you how I define those three words and how we'll use them this morning as we walk through some scripture and talk about resting, trusting, and believing. To me, a rest means that you, you pause for a refreshing. You just, you just shut it down. You just hold on. You just rest. You pause for a refreshing. You enter into that, that famous 11th commandment. You know the 11th commandment? Thou shalt not sweat it. Thou shalt not sweat it. That's the 11th commandment. So you cease, basically, when you rest, you cease from your labors. That doesn't mean you do nothing. doesn't mean you're lazy. And I'll, I'll, I'll just get into that. I'm just defining the three words that I felt really... Once I got a handle on these three words, it changed my entire perception about so many things in life. So I just want to share with you this morning out of my heart and hope that I can help you if you're facing some situations today that's causing you stress and anxiety. So the first thing we want to do is learn how to rest. Second word he gave me was the word trust. And when I trust, for me, how I defined it was it gave me a sense of reliability and truth and um, a, a confidence in God's ability and the Father's ability. In other words, let me say it like this. If he promised it, trust means this to me. If he promised it, he'll do it. If he promised it, he will do it. So we're going to rest. We're going to cease from our labors. We're going to pause for a refreshing. We're going to trust. We're going to rely on the fact that if he promised us, he'll do it. And the third one, was the word believe. Now, believe to me has always been responding to revelation. You, you can't make yourself believe. I've told you that a lot of times here at the Digital Cathedral. You cannot force yourself to believe. Believing comes as a result of seeing. So you say and you act. When you believe, what you're doing is you're saying and you're acting on what he says to you. The Word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, that word he's referring to is not the Bible. Not the Bible can act in that way, but what he's really talking about, what the writer in Hebrews is talking about, I think it's, what is it, Hebrews 4.12? He's talking about the word that he speaks to you. Right? When he speaks to you a word, you respond to it. When he speaks a word to you, you act on it. And that's what I call eating from the tree of life. When I finally figured out this tree of life thing, man, it was good. The tree of life is nothing other than responding to what the Father says to you. When he, when he speaks, you obey. When he shows, you believe, right? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is when you go and you forge out what seems best to you by reason, by logic, by what your senses are feeding to you. And that tree always breeds death. It always takes us down the wrong road. But the tree of life is simply the result of believing and acting. The 23rd Psalm lays these three words out so well. Let me, let me read Psalm 23. Let me show you the resting, the trusting, and the believing in Psalm 23. All right, first, first three verses, he, he's going to talk about resting. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. You know this psalm backward and forward, but maybe you've never viewed it in terms of resting, trusting, and believing. Watch. Here he says, rest. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for his name's sake. So those first three verses are all about ceasing from your labors, your efforts, and letting him take you in, into the green pastures beside the still waters where you can lay down and just get rejuvenated, get your batteries recharged. Now watch the trust. 
verse 4 and 5. Actually, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'm trusting him, trusting his ability, trusting his, his knowledge. I'm trusting what he told me will take me through. I, even though I walk through the valley, now look, we're, we're in a position of rest, verses 1, 2, 3. It doesn't mean we do nothing. We keep walking. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't, we don't pitch a tent. We don't get a room at a motel and wait, do nothing. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil. Here's the trust. For you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now here's the believing. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He spoke it to him. You anoint my head with oil. These are things that the father spoke to David, and he, so he believes them. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My head is anointed with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now in that psalm, in that Psalm 23, he just explicitly lays it out in the same progression I gave it to you. We want to learn to rest, <clears throat> to trust, and to believe. So Psalm 23 is a, is a really powerful psalm when you look at it in that regard. He's showing us, David is telling us, look, there's a place where we can live that produces tranquility. There's a place where we can live in calmness and serenity. Uh, uh, again, it doesn't, it doesn't create inactivity. It doesn't create laziness. We, we continue the motion, but what we're continuing the motion is, is what he tells us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he guides you. He says, take this step, move this way. Here's where we go. And we come through. Whatever you're facing, you're going to come through it. Whatever your valley is, Whatever that shadow of death is where you feel like, man, where you're walking where there seems to be no life, he's going to bring you through it if you learn to rest, to trust, and to believe. It's a place of stillness. It's a, it's, it's a place that arises out of trust. See, we, we, we rest in his trust. We cease our labor. We, we pause for refreshing while we're in that place of trusting that what he told us, he will bring it to pass. And he watches over us like any good father does. He anoints our head with oil, prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Now, here's what I've experienced in life. Maybe you've experienced this too. There have been times that I've been really uptight and anxious. I don't want other people to know it. I've been uptight, been anxious. I mean, you know, I was the pastor or whatever. And I was filled with tension, uh, uh, but I didn't say anything. I remained quiet. Let me tell you something. That's not resting, trusting, and believing. You know what that is? That's just pressing down anxiety, it, bottling it, putting a cap on it. Now, if that's your situation this morning, you're, you, you're full of anxiety, you're full of, you know, you're uptight, you got tension, things are, are man, you don't know how you're going to come out of this thing. Don't, that, don't just suppress it. That is not the resting, trusting, and believing. Let me read, let me read a little bit to you from, from Philippians. I'm going to read several scriptures this morning like I usually do. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing. Don't let anything disturb your peace and your composure. You have to catch yourself. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Watch. And the peace, this is what David talked about, and the peace which passes all understanding will guard your heart. It'll stand in front of your heart. It'll guard it so that those things don't enter in. So you don't have to suppress it. You don't have to push it down. You don't have to put on a, a, a face like, I got this thing all under control. I'm not bothered by anything. When inside you're full of anxiety, full of stress. It'll guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So we're, when we're in that place where we're feeling stressed, we're feeling anxious, um, things are tight. We're not sure what we should do. When we're in that place, and, 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 and you don't rest, trust, and believe. You know what you do? You're really choking off that divine flood you with. There is, a, there is a flow of life that he wants to continually move into your life with. But when you're, when you're sitting in that place, especially if it's suppressed, it's pressed down, 
Now, that pressure that you, you've pressed down will make you do something. It, it, people might not be aware of what you're doing, but you're, you're aware of it. It'll, it'll try to get you to do something, anything, to release that pressure. When that pressure is pushed down, that anxiety is pushed down, it will try to, it'll try to come out. It'll, it'll try to get you to act in a way. And that, that's, that's what I call eating at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This never works out well. Eating at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil never works out well. And it usually, sometimes it comes, and my subject this morning is resting, trusting, believing. Eating at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil comes when you feel compelled that you must do something. And now, if I want to spiritualize it a little bit, I'll say this. Pressure is a great indication or a great measuring stick of spiritual maturity. How do you act under pressure? See, patience, patience is being consistent under pressure. Patience is when you're able to rest, trust, and believe. You're consistent under pressure. But when you're, when you're, when you're getting over here and you're, you're eating at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're, you're, you know, you're looking at your options, you're trying to figure out what's the best course of action, uh, you feel hemmed in from every side. You know, what that's, you, know what that's, you know what's really going on? It's the inner man wondering. It's your soul wondering if God really is my supply in helping me to overcome this thing that I'm facing that's causing the anxiety. And if you're having doubts about that, again, you'll either try to manifest the answer yourself. Man, I've done that so many times. <clears throat> try to make it work. Try to, try to force that, uh, that, round, that round screw or whatever into a, a square peg. It just won't fit. But you're going to force it. You're going to make something happen. Or, I've done this many times, you go to God, you beg, plead, you call out, you argue with him to come meet the need because I'm under this pressure. So when he, when he taught me to, to rest, trust, and believe, it changed my life entirely. Really made me much more laid back. Made me much easier, I think, to get along with at times. Now I want you to watch the progression of this for just a minute. The moment that we get anxious, the moment we get under stress, the moment we feel uptight, that's the moment that we shut the supply valve from the Father in our minds totally off. Right? That, that's, that's when you're no longer really cued into what the Father is saying. And you're suppressing that anxiety. With, you're trying to prevent the manifestation of that, that thing that's making you anxious. You're trying, you're trying to suppress it. Now, as it goes along, this anxiety cuts off your consciousness of the Father's presence. It cuts, it cuts off your sense of nearness. You begin to question if he really loves you or not. You can't hear his voice. It's really difficult to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. It's really hard to hear the voice of the Father when you're coming through this place of being stressed out. So when you're, when you're in that place, you're no longer... I'm, I'm taking you through the progression of this. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you come through the progression of this, you've turned the valve off. You don't sense him close. You wonder if he really loves you. You can't hear his voice. Uh, you feel like you're in this thing all by yourself. That's when it cuts the flow of direction. You don't have, you don't have any wisdom. Wisdom is just knowledge, applying the knowledge that God gives you. That's what wisdom is. But it stops that inflow. He can't, he can't give you direction. He can't give you understanding. He can't bring the supply to you because you're not in a position that you're able to receive. See, resting, trusting, and believing positions you. It keeps you aware of his closeness. It keeps you aware of his presence. It enables you to hear his voice more clearly. You're not suppressing it. You're not pushing it down. You're not trying to deny its existence. Anxiety, finally, here's what anxiety and stress would want you to do. It wants you to keep digging the hole deeper. It wants you to keep laying awake at night, worrying out, stressed out about it, uh, not sure what's going to happen. So at some point, at some point, if that's you this morning, I feel like I'm talking to some people this morning. At some point, you've got to stop the bus 
And you got to say, wait a minute. This, this path I'm headed down, this track I'm running on, is not the one I want to go. You stop the bus. You get above this state of tension. You get above this feeling of separation. You get above this feeling that you're disconnected from source. I think, I think Paul says it well in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let the peace of God, let this settle in. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. You know, that, that word rule is an interesting word. It actually means, it's where we get the word umpire from. Let me, let me in, inject that word there. Let the peace of God umpire your life. Let it umpire your heart. You know what an umpire does? An umpire says, you're safe or you're out. An umpire says, inbounds, out of bounds. And, uh, an umpire says, uh, permissible or not permissible. So when the peace of God rules in your heart and something tries to penetrate, this anxiety tries to, and always comes from outside forces. Have you noticed that? Tension and anxiety comes from outside to enter in. So when the peace of God rules in your heart, it umpires your heart. It, it, when something comes, it says, no, you're out of here. I can't, I can't, you're not allowed. Or when something comes and it's from the Father, word from the Father, it says, we take it, we embrace it. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. And when it does, then you move into this position where you're living in trust. You're living in that place where you have absolute confidence that what he told you will come to pass, right? That's what trust is. Remember, trust, trust is so vital in this. Abraham believed God. He trusted God. And God looked at him and said, man, that's, that's righteousness right there. That's right. That puts you in good position. See, a firm belief in the reliability, in the ability and strength of the Father to do for you what he's promised to do. Now, I want you to get more, more than just a promise out of here, okay? Th this is good. This, this should launch you into hearing your, for yourself. I'm pointing to my ears, but really I should be pointing here. This is where you hear. I want you to get to where you hear it here. It's placing confidence in him and what he's saying to you. It's not putting confidence any longer in what you think you should do to get this thing straightened out. I've been guilty of that. I'm standing, I'm sitting here this morning telling you I've been guilty so many times of working, trying to work this thing out. And every time I, I do, from where I'm at now, I, wa I wasn't at that place then. I, I, I look now, and I was eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and it always produces death. Now, I got the, all this gray hair. I've learned to rest, to trust, and believe, lean back into his trust in his ability to bring to pass what he told me he would do, and it makes a world of difference. All right, Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. If you're still in Psalm 23, come over just a little bit to the right. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in his ability to bring it to pass with everything that's within you. He spoke it. He'll bring it to pass. Abraham had to wait. Abraham waited a long time, but he, he hoped against hope. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Watch. And do not lean to your own understanding. That word lean, whoever put that in there, that, that's a, that's, that is so true. There are times, man, I, I, I want to do what the Father says, but I'm, I'm, I'm leaning. I'm, I'm kind of giving an ear to my own understanding. And he says, if, you, if you'll lean not to your own understanding, if you trust him with all your heart, look, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. That's exactly what David was telling us in Psalm 23. He was saying, you know, walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He's going to anoint my head with oil, prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Uh, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Those are things that the father spoke to David because he wasn't leaning to his own understanding. I want you to come to a place in your life where you're not leaning, leaning. <laughs> you're not even giving an ear to it, right? You're so subtle into what he says. 
Now, here, here's, here's a vi very vital point. Our oneness with him, an awareness of our oneness with him, and being in unity, union with him, and, and, and that, that awareness, that's our part of this. Right? Responding to what he says to do, that's our part. All the rest of it is his. All the rest of it is his. That's where the resting, trusting, and believing comes in. Let me, let me say this again. Here's your part. Your part is to remain aware of his presence, to be conscious of his nearness. And you've got to get silent to do that. You can't do that with, with a television blaring. can't do it with the pod stuck in your ears listening to music. You just, you just, David said, you know, he leads me, stillness, beside the still waters. That's where you want to go, beside the still waters, right? The rest is his part. Now, our pro here's where our problem comes in. We try to do his part. We lay down our part of just staying aware of his presence, conscious of his closeness, responding to what he says. And we look at the problem, and then we begin to try to do what he's supposed to do, which is to supply the need, right? Now, we, you, you kind of need to reverse that order. See, we speak what we hear him speak, which are words of life, words of truth, words of assurance, words of rest, words of supply. And we let those words that he speaks to us, we let them settle in, right? The, 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 the bringing it to pass, See, this is the hard part. The bringing it to pass, I'm telling you something. It's above my pay grade. I cannot make it come to pass. In, 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 in quantum physics, you probably don't know, maybe you've heard this term. You, you don't know where the quiff will pop. In other words, you don't know where the answers come from. There's this whole field of possibilities. With God, all things are possible. He's got a million possibilities, a million different ways to bring this thing to pass. You don't know which one is... You don't know which avenue he's going to come down, but you know that he will come down one, but you don't know which one, and you can't make it happen yourself. But I have learned this, that his, that his working is very definitely fueled by my trusting. And when, 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 my, when my trust is high, it seems like for some reason, he, I, I'm much more aware of his working than when I'm not trusting. So again, trusting means you get still inside. You're free from, from suppressed anxiety. And you, you begin to listen. Now, after, after, after you have moved into that place, right? Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pasture, takes me beside still waters. I'm resting, trusting, and believing. Then what do I do? What do I do? All right. After you've moved into that place of resting and trusting, here's what we do. We just stand. We stand firm in that place and we watch him begin to do the work. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. If, if you can come through this, and I'm not giving you a formula, I'm not giving you a one, two, three. I'm just telling you what he's taught me about resting, trusting, and believing. And when you come into that place and you just stand, you just put your feet down. I'm not moving off what he told me. Right? That invisible presence will begin to remove from your path those difficulties, those problems that are stopping the flow from coming to you. Now, through your eyes, they may be insurmountable, may be big, may be huge mountains, unmovable, right? Make you want to shake your head and say, what the heck? But your parts just stand still. Your parts to rest, to trust, and to believe, to hold your peace, knowing that the Father has this. See, you're, you're confident in His ability, His resources, His understanding, His wisdom. And it all becomes your wisdom, your understanding, your ability, because He resides within you. So what we're doing is we're, we're uncorking, we're, we're freeing up that that flow so that we can begin to hear and respond. Let me give you another scripture. Isaiah chapter 26. I've used a couple Old Testament scriptures this morning. Have you noticed that? Isaiah chapter 26. It's because they did have, sometimes they had some insight about things that's very valuable. Sometimes not. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. This is good. 
Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. It's fixed in a position. That's the standing. So he keeps us in that peace. You want the peace of God which passes understanding? Then get your mind stayed on him. I think Paul said it's something like, think on things that are good, pure, perfect, lovely, and of good report. If there's any praise, any virtue, <clears throat> think on those things. That's where you want to fix your mind. Now watch. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord's forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. He trusts in him. He's an everlasting rock. <clears throat> I'm giving you a lot this morning. I understand it. But I want, I want you, when you face those times of tension, stress, anxiety, I want, you, I want you to have some idea of how to stop digging the hole. How to no longer lay awake nights thinking about how am I going to resolve this. You begin to rest, you begin to trust, and you begin to believe. The biggest labor you'll ever face in life is to enter his rest. You know, rest where you pause to get refreshed. You rest, you cease from your labor. After the Father created six days, he rested. Did that mean things were still not ginning and going and blowing? Of course they were. But he ceased from his labors. I got to read Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. I study a lot of scriptures during the week. I get most everything I get out of just meditating and sitting on the back porch and thinking, stewing this over. And this week, he really, really reminded me of the resting, trusting, and believing. Because there, there are a couple things going on in my life that uh, um, I, I don't feel open to share right now. <clears throat> Some things. And I'm, 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 he brought me back to the resting, trusting, and believing, where you don't get all stoked up. Right? So I've been looking at the scriptures again. I've been revisiting this. So when I revisited it, I said, you know what? There might be other people facing some things like I'm facing or different, different things, but the reaction comes the same way. Now watch what he says. I t I'm telling you, the biggest labor you'll ever have is to shut it down and get into a rest. So he says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 9, There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. Aren't you glad you're a people of God? We all are. For he who has entered his rest, capital H, we enter his rest, he has also ceased from his works as God did from his. That the only time you can cease from your works and enter his is when the work is finished. And the work has been finished. When God finished creation, he sat down. We are under the finished work of the cross. Everything has been done. Everything's been supplied. Everything's been created. Everything pertaining to life and godliness is deposited into your account. Now we're just learning how to position ourselves to receive out of that account. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fail according to the same example of disobedience. That's what happened to the children of Israel. <clears throat> they, they, they stopped entering his rest. Now, you're going to be amazed. I'm going to tell you, you're going to be amazed at how he brings it to pass. When we leave it entirely to him. I guess that, that's probably why every once in a while I remind you of our grace pillars, our grace foundations. Because those are the things, again, that help us to rest, to trust, and to believe. Listen, listen. While you're standing, while you're standing, we don't ask him how it's going to get done. We don't ask him when it's going to get done. Because when you start focusing on the when and the how, it's going to take you back to that place of anxiety and stress. That's, not, that's above my pay grade. That is, that is not within my sphere of influence is to say how and when it's absolutely going to happen. Right? Another scripture. Psalm chapter 37. I got my Old Testament on left and my New Testament on the right this morning. Psalm chapter 37. Right? Let, me, let me just repeat that one. turning over there because this is important. I, I, all these things I have done so many times. You don't ask him, you don't tell him when or how. You don't ask him when or how. That's in his timing. It's in his way. Psalm chapter 37 verse 4. 
Delight yourself in the Lord. That, that, that's what happens when we rest, man. You're able to just praise him, delight yourself, enjoy the experience, learn all you can learn from the ride, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He will. He, he will. You don't have to. You do not get the desires of your heart from eating at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? The tree of logic, the tree of what your senses deem best. That doesn't give you the desires of your heart. Under stress and pressure, we're tempted to go there. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. Verse 6, he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fretch not yourself over the one who prospers in his way. Now, don't look over there and say, look at that, that guy. He's not, he doesn't even follow the Lord like I do. Look how he's prospering. He said, don't fret over that. That's, that has no concern of yours. Or over the man who carries out evil devices, saying, man, why doesn't God stop him? See, that's not, that's not your measure of rule. That's not where you go. The battle is trying to, is trying to fight that we're trying to fight is not your battle, it's his battle. Let me say that again. The battle that you keep trying to fight ain't your battle. It's his battle. So be still and let go. That, that's exactly what he was saying in, in Psalm chapter 37, verse 4, verse 4, 5, 6, and 7. He's saying, let it go. Release it. You don't have to fight the battle. He will manifest it as you. He's, he's already planned the victory. He's already, he's already, oh, when the Lord spoke this to me, this, this knocked me, my hat in a crick. He said, I've already planned your victory before there was ever the battle. I planned your victory <laughs> before you ever recognized there was a battle. You say, well, wait a minute, man, I need the money today. If I don't get the money today, it's all over. If I don't get the money today, if I don't get the finance, other, if I don't get it today, it's going to be too late. Besides that, I don't even see any way that it can happen. It's impossible. See, you're, you're stressing, anxiety. You're fretting. Stop right there. See, stop right there. Catch yourself when you hit that place. Stop right there and stop asking how and when. That, that's, not, that's, not your, that's not your job. Stop asking him what channel. How are you going to do this? When's it going to happen? See, the natural tendency is, man, I got to get the money today. If I don't get it today, it's going to be too late. So your mind's saying, go down and rob the 7-Eleven or, you know, call Uncle Fred or call, call the church. Call somebody. You, you need some help. You say, just hold on. Hold on. Your point is to stand still. Your job is to proclaim that you do possess everything that pertains to life and godliness. Your part is to say, I do have an inheritance that is incorruptible, that has been given to me. Absolutely been given to me. Right? Let me let me, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. You know, some of these are good scriptures that you can go to. And my experience is I used to hear, stand on the word, brother. Stand on the promises of God. Well, the promises are only effective if He's given them to you. If if the word comes to you, you can't just take this and extract it off the page and say, bless God. God, that's going to happen like that. No, that, that doesn't take place. This can spur you into some stillness and some quietness to hear what he wants to say about your particular situation. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God, who is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. So the, he, he, he's saying in, in the book, in your book, your book says God is able to make all grace abound towards you. He's not on your timeline. He's not on your schedule. You have to hold on. Remember, we rest, we trust, we believe. I'm giving, I'm giving you some really secrets this morning. I'm giving you some secrets how to walk in this thing. And you only respond to what he says, tree of life eating. You shut it down. He's able to make all sufficiency in all things abound towards you, that you have sufficiency in all things. See, 
His, his victory is not by the skin of your teeth. His provision is not by the skin of your teeth. His bank account has not run down. His, his provision is not on empty. It, in, in fact, Ephesians 3.20, I know this by heart. I, I, this is a word to me. Unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could ask or think. Now watch. According to the power that works in me. What I want to do is to make sure I'm not short-circuiting that power that is within me. I got between the, the one that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think and the power that is working within me, I want that connection. Stress, anxiety, worry, fear, doubt, all those things in my mind break the connection and put me in a place where I feel like I got to make it happen. No, you don't. No, you don't. Do you see the last part of that verse? According to the power that works in you. Now, when you take anxiety and you compress it down, it short circuits us and it short circuits the power that is working within us. I don't think we've dreamed big enough. We haven't been dreamed big enough as to, as to the unlimitedness of his plan. When we get a problem, we get a, we get a difficulty, we get focused down on it, we get tunnel vision, and that's all we can see. Then our mind clicks in about how we're going to solve this thing. And we go right back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm directing you this morning. Resting, trusting, and believing takes you. You'll beat a path, man. I, I think most of us are getting a well-worn path from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil over to the tree of life. We're finally catching this thing. That eating from the tree of life is not this hard-to-grasp spiritual concept of some, some kind. It's just seeing what he does and, and do what he does. Say what he says. That's, that's, that was the life of Jesus. Jesus. Jesus didn't sin. You know why? Because he didn't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That has, that has been the root. That's what Adam introduced into the human race. But you don't have an edemic nature. He didn't put it on you. He brought it in, into the world. Every one of us, what is it, Romans 5.12? Every one of us says that we've actually gone over to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and eaten ourselves. It doesn't say that. It says, for all have sinned. But that's, that's, that's the source of sin. Missing the mark. Forget drinking, smoking, chewing, cussing. That's not sin. <clears throat> not good habits. Are, maybe aren't good for you uh, mentally. But th they have nothing to do with your, your uh, relationship with the Father. Sin is harmatia, missing the mark. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is where we miss the mark. And so when we get under stress, anxiety, fear, doubt, all those things, we suppress it, we push it down, we go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we just dig the hole deeper. Well, Pastor Don, this morning's 10, let's go over to the tree of life. If you've been eating at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, stop it. Don't dig the hole deeper. See, according to the power that works in you. Now, Jesus prepped us for this. Jesus prepped us. John chapter 16. I'm preaching good this morning. I'm doing good. John chapter 16, verse 33. I want to give myself an amen. Jesus said, these things I've spoken unto you. I've spoken these things. You got my word on them. Because, well, let me read the whole verse. These things I've spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. You got your peace in him. You don't get peace over to trade the knowledge of good and evil. You get your peace at the tree of life when you say what he says and respond to what he tells you to do. Right? In the world, you will have tribulation. You will have pushback. You will have opportunities to measure your spiritual depth with things that try to create difficulty. Right? He said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Man, the one who has overcome the world lives within you. We died, and our life is hidden with Christ in God. Aren't you glad this morning that he overcame the world? I don't have to. I don't have to overcome the problems, the, the, the tribulations that he said we would face, the pushback, the adversity, the swimming upstream. I don't, I don't have to fight with that stuff because he's already won it for us. 
Do you, see, do you see his part and our part? Let me read that verse again. I want you to see his part, your part. John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In him we have peace. Our, our job is to stay in that peace. Rest, trust, believe. He said in the world you're going to have tribulation. Now here's his part. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Everything that you're ever going to face, he's already overcome. If he's overcome everything that you're ever going to face, doesn't it just seem like a good idea maybe to listen to what he said? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, whatever that valley is for you, he's overcome it. He's calling it tribulation, calls it pushback, calls it adversity. Right? He says, but you tag on to me, that's your part, and know that I, I'm, pulling, I'm pulling you right through it because I've already overcome it. So many times when I look back, man, I guess I'm just really being transparent with you this morning. So many times when I look back over my life, I, I did it out of ignorance, out of sincerity. I would give God the plan. I would tell him how to execute the plan and when the due date was to get it all worked out. I would do all this in a prayer room at the church. There were times when problems would be huge, you know, people problems, church problems, financial problems. I would, and I'd go down to prayer room. We had a special room just for a beautiful room. And I would say, Father, here's what you need to do. <laughs> in effect, here's how you need to do it. And it's got, it needs to be done by next Monday. Do you ever do that? You can't coerce him. You can't manipulate him. You can't control him. You remember all those prayer meetings you used to go to? Used to go to down at the church house, and everybody would gather together, hold hands, and we would tell God what we needed. And we would tell him when we needed it by. And we'd probably tell him exactly how he could do it. We never knew he was in us. We thought we were praying to a God out there. Always he was out there. Maybe he would come visit us with his presence. See, you, you can't rest, trust, and believe with a, with a deity that is, that is far away out by the Milky Way somewhere. The only way you can rest, trust, and believe with the definitions I gave you is when you're fully aware and you're conscious of the presence that is within you. Right? We never knew he was in us. And, 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 we never knew if we just zip our lip, see, call everybody together, let's be quiet, and let him direct us. Doesn't he say the steps of a righteous man are ordered to the Lord? Why did I tell him how to direct my steps? I, I learned this. I learned this. If it's important to me, it's important to him. Say that again. If it's important to you, it's important to him. And he's fully aware of it. The most extreme difficulty, the biggest problem you have is God's opportunity. There always has to be a battle for a victory of some kind. It's how we're going to come through the, how the battle. And the way to come through it is to rest, to trust, and to believe. Remember Paul's thorn in the flesh? He looked at it, man, he said, this thing's unsolvable. It, Keithley paraphrased. Remember Paul called the prayer chain down at the Baptist church three times? called the prayer chain three times down at the Baptist church and said, y'all need to get together. You pray, call on the phone the next person, get the whole prayer chain praying for this thorn in the flesh that I've got. How, how could God allow such a monster to be working in my life, to be under such attack? Now, what the thorn in the flesh was, I, I can't tell you for certainty. I feel it was the Judaizers. I don't think it was Paul's eyesight or a physical difficulty. I think it was those Judaizers that harassed him and caused him a problem everywhere he went. He went to a church, established it, got him fully established in grace. Here comes the Judaizers right behind him, and they would say, don't believe everything Paul said. He's not really accurate. He told you part of the truth, but you've got to be circumcised. You have to keep the law plus Jesus. Sounds like today, doesn't it? You tell people what you learned at the digital cathedral, they become Judaizers. They'll say, well, that's, that's all good. But you got, you got to ask Jesus in your heart. You got to pray the prayer. You got to repent. You got to get in sackcloth and ashes. Tell God how sorry you are. Need to get water baptized. See, that harassed Paul. I think that was his thorn in the flesh. Let me read it for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. All right, this is Paul's gigantic problem. And honestly, I think Paul was stressed. 
I think Paul was stressed. And he was eating at the tree. I'll be honest with you. He's eating at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He's telling God what to do and how to do it. I've, I've, I've called the prayer chain three times. We're pushing into this. We're believing God. We're fasting and praying. We're coming against that devil. Second Corinthians chapter. Sound familiar? Second Corinthians chapter 12. Let me read it for you. Verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. That's why I think it was the Judaizers. He looked at them, said, them boys are coming right straight from the devil. <clears throat> lest I should be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times. He called three times down the church, said, pray for me. Let's get this thing under control that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. When I'm weak, that's when I come into that place of rest, trust, and believe, and that's your strength. But notice what Paul said. He said, man, this thing is really harassing me. The father sent the victory in a way that Paul never considered. The, the quiff popped or the possibility emerged in ways Paul's never, Paul did not give it consideration because he was eating at the wrong tree. Here's, here's what God said. Here's, what I'm, here's, here's the answer, Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. Because, Paul, I'm going to tell you something else. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. See, now, I don't know how that applies to you, but I'll tell you what, his grace is sufficient for you. And his strength is made absolutely perfect in, in that weakness where you say, look, I don't, I don't know how to solve it. I'm not, even going to, I'm not going to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and try to figure out how to solve it. I'm, I'm beating, I'm making a hot path over here, tree of life, and see what he says. So Paul got it. Paul got the answer. And he said, man, therefore, he said, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm glorying when I got problems. He said, because I've seen God work this thing out in ways I never thought possible, in distresses and all kinds of stuff that's coming my way. He said, because when I am weak, then I'm strong. You are much stronger this morning than what you realize. You are much better equipped than what you realize this morning. The Spirit of Truth has you headed in absolutely the right direction for your life. Don't change directions because of what logic tells you or what your senses are feeding to you. Because the Father who is in you is for you. And if the Father that is in you, that you're aware of His presence, you're conscious of His love, His acceptance, if He is for you, as Paul said, then what in comparison can be against you? Trust him. Trust means that you just simply rest with confidence in his ability to do what he said he would do. All right, I'm, I'm, landing, I'm landing the plane right here. We rest. We affirm that the God who created all things, that God is my strength. That God is my power. That God is, is my answer. One last scripture, what Jesus said, John chapter 14. John, and I'm done. I've given you a lot this morning to think about. <clears throat> John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives. If you're going to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to get peace, it's going to be a false peace. It's going to be a peace that tries to get you to, to suppress the tension, the anxiety, the difficulty, the doubt, suppress it. So people look at you, they don't see it, but you know what's going on inside. That's peace of the world. Don't let them see your weakness. He said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, neither do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. That's the message this morning. The resting, the trusting, the believing. Release that valve that has it all suppressed and all pushed down. All that compressed anxiety. 
all that compressed fear and negativity. And trust in the one who has spoken to you how many times? He will bring it to pass. He will keep us in perfect peace as we keep our minds stayed on him. Amen. God loves you this morning. Thank you so much for being a part of the Digital Cathedral. Thank you for your prayers and your support. You guys are an awesome group. It's a growing group. It's around the world. We stretch around the world. And the things that God gives us, he gives us to bring us to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Everything I talked about this morning is the way that Jesus lived. And the one that that lives within you said this to you. Listen. He said, as I am, so are you in this present world. We can live with a peace that passes understanding. We can live beside still waters. We can live in green pastures. We can watch the table be prepared before us in the presence of our enemies. We can, we can know that our head is anointed, that every thought we have, we have the mind of Christ. And we can say, surely goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. Amen. God bless. See you next time at the Digital Cathedral. Don't forget Secret Place, Wednesday night, 6 o'clock Central, on the Don Keithley Ministries Facebook page. See you there. Thanks for lending us your ears. Just a quick reminder, our Digital Cathedral on YouTube gives subscribers the privilege of a front row seat every week. It's a place where our collective excitement amplifies. If you're ready to give, go to donkeithley.com and click on Donate. Your continuous support propels our growth, and for that, we're immensely grateful. Don't forget to hit that follow button and spread the love by sharing this life-giving message with your friends. Have a week filled with blessings and divine encounters. Until next time, stay in grace.